Welcome to Henry Kissinger, the Pokemon is going to die, not a threat. Just a fact. We're a podcast. I'm Sarah, a.k.a. Elizabeth McGonnell Warren. And I'm Val Flaycub, a.k.a. Presidente Mozzarella. <laughs> As we all know, it's never racist to do an Italian accent. Correct. I have proof to back that up later in the episode as well, so keep an eye out. Yeah. So let's get into the episode. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, we, we missed last week, so we're gonna do a couple of, uh, stuff from, well, we're gonna, we're, there's gonna be some stuff, there's gonna be a couple of stories from last week that are peppered in here, so just a heads up, if you're like, wait, why, why is this happening? Just a couple of stories we picked out that we thought were, either we had, we had some things to say, or we thought were important, or we had comedy to do about it. Mm-hmm. But, so, at the very tippy top, we've got henrykissinger.rip. Which we just mm-hmm. wanted to alert everyone to. HenryKissinger.rip is a website that you can go to, and you can donate. Uh, I believe it is above twenty five dollars. And so it's it's it's. I just went um, just now. It's it's five dollars, um, is a day. Oh really? I thought it was higher than that. Okay. Uh, so it's just a big betting pool on when Mister Kissinger is Pokemon going to die. So you, you put five bucks in, you pick a day, and then you, uh, if he bites it on the day that you picked, uh, you mm-hmm. get a portion of the money. Yeah, you have to donate to charity and show your receipt to enter your death date. So I think it must be a separate prize or something. Oh, yeah. Huh. Maybe. Maybe not. I hadn't considered that. That's interesting. Anyways, it's, I'm sure it'll work somehow. The, the point is, do you give five dollars to charity? You show them your receipt. You pick a day. If he if he croaks, you win something. So mm-hmm. go to henrykissinger.rip. It's for a good cause, and it's really it's really related to our podcast. Yes, and if he dies, we all win. <laughs> we. <laughs> I love the fact that you. I'm normally a fan of saying if instead of when. When, oh. when you die, but the the implication that Henry might not die is truly harrowing. Horrible. No, that's not what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> uh, if if nobody wins the bet, but he dies some other day, that's a win for all of us. That's true. Um, another shout out of uh, the Canadian politics that uh, we don't have any Canadians on here, but that election is in like four days at the time of this recording, so we wanted to give a quick little shout out. Good so, luck. If, yeah, good fucking luck. If you haven't got if you haven't got out and voted, fucking vote. I, I think there's still early voting. I'm not sure how the Canadian voting works, but I, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably know more about it than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but get out there, vote. The the update is that Obama has officially thrown mm-hmm. his weight behind Mr. Daddy Trudeau himself, which is extremely funny to me. Especially given that he has still only said to Joe Biden you don't have to do this. Yeah, I mean, that, that one makes a little bit more sense because, like, Joe Biden could, like, have a heated gaming moment on stage at any point in time. <laughs> like, Andrew Cuomo had one earlier this week. Did you hear about that? No. The government, the governor of New York State was, like, he, he like, this is not to, like, excuse it. This is to contextualize it. He said it in, like, the context of, like, oh, they used to call us, like, Italian, like, us, an Italian slur combined with the N-word, except for he said the whole N-word. Mm-hmm. And he did mm-hmm. it on a radio interview. Mm. <laughs> because mm. our governor is the dumbest piece of shit in the world. Amazing. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> no. Um, but Trudeau, fresh off his blackface scandal, uh, this mm-hmm. is, I, I like to imagine this is him pulling the, I, I can't be racist, I have black friend, and his black friend is... <laughs> President Obama. Also a president, yeah. <laughs> I did just say Obama on accident. President Obama. Obama. This is this is an old ass meme, so you might not remember. But do you remember that picture that used to float around Tumblr of that mirrored Spider-Man comic book cover where it said like "Presidentship Obabo," and it was just a mirrored <laughs> mirrored image of Obama's face. No, I didn't. I've never seen that. It's like it's like one of those one of those pictures where like it's mirrored across the middle. So instead of like yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, like bringing those classics like Abiba Toot, but um, yeah. Obabo is just it is stuck in my head, and I'm pretty sure that post has like 200 notes, and I am like 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're all replies, just you being like, I love this image. <laughs> I'm really enjoying looking at this image today. Yeah, I mean, saw this image again today. 
this uh, this Obama endorsement comes like within hours, basically, of Jagmeet Singh quote tweeting uh, AOC's tweet of uh, tax the rich, and his quote mm-hmm. tweet was just got it. Which is that's not that's not AOC throwing her endorsement behind him or anything, but it's yeah very funny to me. <laughs> Yeah. So the 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 deportingest and one of the drone strikingest presidents in mm-hmm. uh, recent history uh, has thrown his weight behind uh, Mr. Pipeline, Mr. Blackface Pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very offensive porn name to give him. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm saying you shouldn't say that. That's his porn name because that would be rude. <laughs> yeah, it would be. So, anyways. Good thing no uh, one's saying that. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to get into some impeachment stuff here because as of, like, 30 minutes prior to recording this podcast, I, like, I, I opened up CNN before we start, like, I, mm-hmm. I opened up CNN to find a nickname and I saw just, like, plastered on the front page is that the White House is admitting to the Ukraine quid, the, the uh, quid pro quo in the Ukraine mm-hmm. thing because, uh... The, uh, mm-hmm. the the ambassador whose name I can't remember, uh, Ambassador Gordon Sondland, uh, he flipped on them, basically, and now the White House is like, yeah, it was quid pro quo, but that doesn't mean anything because this was for the 2016 election, and that's already mm-hmm. passed, and double jeopardy, so you can't, we're, we're good for 2020. This was not related whatsoever. That is so perfect, because, like, Trump's entire presidency has been, like, life hack. <laughs> they can't charge a wife and a president with the same crime. Like, <laughs> he operates like that all the time. So this is the classic formula of, no, he didn't do it. If he did do it, it's not what it looks like. Okay, he did exactly what he, what everyone's saying, but it's not a crime. Okay, it's a crime, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, like, we're a day away from... Just Republicans being like, what if stuff that was against the law was legal now? Because yeah, it's who cares? It's a genuinely like I I opened the I I opened this article and I was genuinely flabbergasted. Yeah, it's wild. So I mean, not to get into, not into like get deep into hypocrisy baiting or anything, but like because I know the hypocrisy doesn't mean anything. It's just very funny to me that this is happening and like all Trump ever talks about when this stuff comes up is like relitigating the 2016 election himself and like why Hillary mm-hmm. should go to jail for whatever reason because of something uh-huh. that happened in 2016. Right. Which yeah. is like, well she used I mean, a private email server, which is fine when I do it, but Hil- don't Hil- forget that she did it. Hillary Clinton probably does like belong in jail for something, but <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Probably not this. So many people do. Yeah, really? I've got a question for you. Sure. Does Rudy Giuliani pee exactly every 30 minutes? Because let me tell you, he's been having an extremely regular one. <laughs> That's pretty good. I thought you were going to make Thank like you. a subpoena joke. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. So, yeah, Rudy was subpoenaed to testify, provide evidence about the Ukraine, uh, 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 the Ukraine impeachment hearings and everything and he was just like nah yeah he, he said openly like i'm not gonna comply with them he Which said is, all right miss pelosi i'm about to head out i'm about to head out the thing about subpoenas is they're not optional i mean the thing is that like technically they are in the in the same way that like stabbing someone in a public place is an option it's just <laughs> a bad thing to do and will likely result in you going to jail like technically you can do it <laughs> yeah but um so i had to look into this because i didn't really understand exactly like i, I knew subpoena subpoenas were like notoriously difficult to like circumvent in any way, shape, or form, and I know Chelsea Clinton has been in jail and accruing fines of a, what was it, a thousand dollars a day. While she wishful thinking that was a Freudian slip, Chelsea Manning, Chelsea Clinton, Clinton has not been in jail. <laughs> Damn it! I make that mistake every time. It is so disrespectful to Chelsea Manning, oh and also so hopeful about Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chelsea Manning is is still in jail, being fined for refusing to for for refusing to comply with the subpoena, and. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like everybody go to jail. It's just like the 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 way that these are levied is staggering. And the, the, so the thing is, subpoenas can be met with a charge of being held. Uh, you can be held in contempt of court, which can result in jail time or a fine. But more important than that is that, um, as far as I understand, at least 
basically not providing a subpoena is like, it's like if you take a test and just refuse to turn in your Scantron, they just give you a zero. Like it just, they assume mm -hmm. the worst because you would be providing the information if you, they, they, like the courts are allowed to presume the worst in this case because right. if you had a better story, you would have supplied it. And I believe right. this, like, I believe refusing the subpoena, like, locks Rudy out of, like, later complying with it when, if the shit does roll down on him, which I have no faith in the Democrats whatsoever to put, to hold him accountable for any of this, considering how narrow their focus is on this impeachment thing. Mm -hmm. Which is wild because, like, they're definitely, I mean, Republicans are, are like, definitely lining up to just make Rudy Giuliani the fall guy, like, so quickly. So, I mean, maybe it'll happen, but who knows? Every time I make a prediction on this podcast, it doesn't come true. So, the opposite thing happens. <laughs> uh, okay, good. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> on the same page as impeachment, uh, noted torture lover John Yu went on Fox News the other night and said, you know... The original, the founding fathers, when they put, when they made, when they invented impeachment, they wouldn't mm -hmm. want it to happen within a year of the, of the presidential election, which is literally explicitly not true. Don't try to kick a president out so close to his re-election campaign. Which is, it's, it's literally what? not true. Like the, the founding fathers literally like, like... There, there, like, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but there is, like, literal historical evidence that contradicts this. Yeah. And also, this is going to be become the Republicans' hard line, I'm almost certain, in the same way that Mitch McC that Bitch McTurtle's uh, hard line against Merrick Garland was oh not in the president, not during an election year. Anyways, um, John Yu belongs in fucking jail. Like, this guy wrote the fucking book on the Bush administration torture, and he is, for some, he is somehow just on Fox News, just, like, chilling. Yep. It's fine. It's completely 100% fine. Don't think about it. I hate it. Um, to talk about a story that's even more contrasting to Rudy Fuliani. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, this is a serious one, so don't get whiplash. Um, Joshua Brown, yeah. who was a key witness in the, um, tri the murder trial, um, Against the... The Amber Geiger killing of Botham Jean. Yes. Um, so he was a key witness. He was subpoenaed because he didn't want to testify, but he had to because uh -huh. he was subpoenaed. And then 10 days later, he was killed. And yep. the Dallas Police Department has this story that is so insultingly, like, ludicrous. They say that he was killed in a botched drug deal because three men drove 300 miles and over four hours... And across state lines. Across state lines to buy weed from Brown. And they know that it's a botched drug deal because they found drugs and money at the scene. So these dudes supposedly drove a nine-hour round trip to buy drugs, it goes badly. They don't take the drugs with them, even though the, you know, alleged a dealer is now dead. They don't take the drugs and they don't take the money and then they go home. But they drop off their one accomplice who goes to the hospital and tells the police the entire, this entire story. Also, this drug yield of, of, of pounds of weed. 12 pounds of marijuana. Like, so the cops got a search warrant and they recovered, quote unquote, 12 pounds of marijuana, 143 grams of THC cartridges, and $4,000 in cash from Brown's apartment. So mm -hmm. throw out the $4,000 immediately because, like, there is literally nothing tying that to drugs. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's I'll concede it's a lot of cash to have on hand, but like... But so what? But whatever. Anyways, that aside, there is not a universe where a man with that much weed on his, on his person would, like... I, I guess he did get subpoenaed, but like still, that is just so much fucking weed to have when you're and when you're engaging with the legal system in any way, shape, or form. And he wouldn't wait a little while for it to die down before he starts dealing drugs in the in the parking lot of his apartment. Really? Yeah. This is so. This is so fake. Absolutely. And I don't think the, the frustrating thing is, I think that there are people who, you know, heard about the initial murder case because it's. You know, it's sensational. And then heard that, you know, might have heard that, oh my gosh, one of the, one of the witnesses, you know, was killed. And then the, the cops came out with a story and they heard, oh, the cops have figured out who did it. Great. And they don't think that... The cops lie? Yeah. Well, cops historically have never lied or planted drugs or done anything illegal. So I, I really don't know where you're getting that baseless accusation from, Val. 
Right. No, yeah, it's silly of me. I forget I said anything. Uh, anyways, um, the laser dot has moved from my forehead, so I think we can keep going. <laughs> Excellent. Um, can you tell me about gaming, please? Yeah, so gaming. So this is a bit of a long one. This was a story that broke last week, but it's like still ongoing. Wai Chung Eng, who goes by the handle Blitz Chung, is a professional Hearthstone player, and he won a tournament, uh, the specifically the Grandmasters, the Hearthstone tournament, Grandmasters 2019, Season Two, Asia Pacific. He is a uh, he's a Hearthstone player from Hong Kong, and uh, during his post-game interview, which is standard proceedings with all of these things, he his he turned his webcam on with a gas mask, which was an obvious reference to the like couple of days earlier law that had been emergency enacted that banned anything covering people's faces in the Hong Kong protests. Mm -hmm. um, he and he said the what is basically like catchphrase feels like weird to say of the revolution, but free Hong Kong revolution of our time. Blizzard completely Streisand affected this one because this is like a really minor tournament. Like, granted, he won, but like this would not have made that big of a deal. But Blizzard took down the VOD within about 12 hours. Blizzard being the company that owns Hearthstone, um, they took down the VOD within 12 hours of it going up, which got everyone to flock to it as a news story. And then they said uh, the next day that they said they were immediately going to ban him for the next year of play. Completely invalidate the winnings that he would, the $10,000 that he would have won from that tournament, and also ban the two casters who were conducting the interview who ducked off screen when he showed up with the gas mask because oh they did not gosh. want to be, they did not want to be punished for this. Um, and the, the thing is, I mean, like, well, the casters weren't banned, they were just fired because mm -hmm. the broadcast team is, you know, owned and operated by Blizzard. Uh, Butch Chung banned for a year. And then this fucking blew up. Like, every single Blizzard-related subreddit was, like, exploding with this news. Like, I, I went, I was following the story pretty closely the day that it was happening. Like, r slash, uh, like, the, the Hearthstone subreddit has, like, just been wall-to-wall -wall about this ever since this happened, like, a week and a half ago, which is... I gotta wonder how much of it is, like, gamers just red-scaring versus, and, like, being free speech absolutists versus how much of it is, like... Like, don't get me wrong, Blizzard did a real fucking bad thing here. I just, there has been a movement surrounding this that I do not, un, that I do not know if, I, I, it feels sometimes like it is just people taking an excuse to be extremely racist about the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Even like the, the, the r slash Blizzard subreddit like locked down for the next day because of so much negative sentiment pouring in. And this, like, blew up. Blitzchung, like, had, had a, like, taken a couple interviews. He said this really uh, poignant thing, which was, uh, he was like, I lost $10,000 in the last four years of my life that I had spent playing this game. If Hong Kong loses, there will be an, indis there will be an uncountable amount lost. I'm paraphrasing, but that's, a, that's more mm -hmm. or less what he said, which is really cool. Yeah, he's standing by what he said. Yeah, he is. The casters uh, were pretty upset about this because they got, you know, just shit canned out of nowhere after, like, and getting a caster job in this field is not an easy thing to do because a lot of people want to do it and not a lot of people get the chance to. And shortly after this, there was a, a collegiate tournament happening where, um, so the, just a, uh, I'm getting into the nitty gritty here, but the stream layout for the tournaments are normally, you, you have like player cams for both of the players, like where you can see. And uh, collegiate tournaments are three on three. Like there's three players from each college. And the team from American University held up a sign that said, free Hong Kong boycott blizz. And as soon as that happened, the casters cut their video stream and um, they were issued, this is, and Blizzard's been all over the place with this because they cannot find an answer that they are, they, they, they cannot find an answer for this because they fucked up a whole bunch. But so they were originally, they were, not going to be punished. Well, first, like immediately they were to be punished. And then Blizzard was like, oh shit, we have a peer disaster. And then they said, no, we're not gonna punish these guys. Then the American University students turn around and say, we are actually going to uh, drop out of the rest of this tournament as a show as a show of solidarity and support for Blitzchung because we do not think it is fair that he gets banned for a year and we do not receive any punishment whatsoever. Mm. And then Blizzard turned around and said, you can't quit, I fire you, and banned them for six months. Oh my um, god. As, at the time of this recording, if I'm not mistaken, Blitzchung Blitzchung's ban has been reduced to six months and his winnings have been reinstated. 
but Blizzard is still dealing with an absolute nightmare here, and in terms of P in terms of PR alone, uh, and it's been it's been a whole hell of a lot. And this is um, this is sort of coming off of uh, not coming off of, but like this is happening at the same time as a very similar story is happening in the NBA with the with the Houston Rockets and. Um, I, I'll concede I'm not much, I, I have not been following that one as closely because I played Hearthstone. I, well, I played basketball, but a long time ago. <laughs> um, but uh, I digress. It's a lot. There is, uh, it's a very complex issue that this entire thing, the, the entire like Hong Kong, China protests and, but Blizzard has fucked up massively on this one and has tried to deny the the fact that it was anti-china like that it was anti-china sentiment as the reason that they banned uh blitzchung excluding the fact that uh hearthstone's official uh weibo account which is a china which is like a, a chinese microblogging service the official hearthstone weibo account posted basically like this was an affront to china we will not let this stand wow yeah, um, they released a statement six uh, about a week after the actual uh, about a week after the initial banning, where they rescinded, where they lowered his ban and reinstated his winnings. But it was just one of the most like corporate and like smushed together letters that just said the fact that it was about China had nothing to do with it. Right. So yeah, as non as people who are not in either China or Hong Kong, I feel like we do not have a full picture of this, and it's going to be hard to get a full picture of this because of how much our media is filtered through a propaganda machine. And, like, all news is propaganda if you break it down, but it's really hard to tell how much of the whole picture we're getting of this thing. I'm not trying to say... I'm not trying to, like, take the tanky stance here or anything that, like, China is great and Hong Kong is bad, actually. It's just... There is there. It just feels like there's so many factors in play here that we are not getting access to. Yeah, and the fact that you know saying something um, that could be perceived as being against the Chinese state by you know supporting Hong Kong, that that action could so quickly lead to a corporate reaction from a company like Blizzard. It's so reflective of the way that China affects the American economy. And like, this is happening like on Facebook, on uh, in movies, in like the effect that China's economy has on our culture and our media is so pervasive. Mm -hmm. And this is just another yeah. instance and I mean, of it's, that. It's not, it's not like China is alone in that. Like the, U, like the U.S. has definitely pumped a shitload of money into similar things. Oh, yeah. Not to like shoot you down or anything i just want to like make sure that like because i feel like a lot of sentiment around this has been uh, uh rami ismail uh, a game dev uh, person on twitter had tweeted something similar to that effect that's like so i don't he was basically like, i don't like tencent this is bad but like i feel like everyone's overlooking the fact that america has done and does similar things oh yeah yeah for sure it's just because there's not like a mega corporation that is behind every single one of it, like like China's Tencent, uh, that we don't have. There there is not like I mean obviously a because we are American and the the news media does not want to ever paint us as the as the villain, and b also like we don't have Amazon is the closest thing to our Tencent and but they are not like close. To, they're they're not really close to the amount of uh, the the amount of pies that Tencent has their finger in. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So okay. I I honestly didn't. I don't know much about the specifics of it. Um, like I don't know what Tencent is, but um, oh, Tencent is like a massive like multimedia corporation. They've got a stake in pretty much everything. They've invested in they they invested heavily in Discord. They own all of Riot Games, who is responsible for League of Legends. They uh they have a five percent stake stake in Blizzard, but um, uh, Hearthstone is also extremely popular in China. Uh, they have a massive stake. I, I believe they just outright own Reddit. Um, they invested in Twitch. Like they have, they have their fingers in a shitload of pies. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that makes that makes sense because the a lot of um, you know media is is affected by just like kind of Chinese cultural sensibilities of like oh we want this to appeal to the Chinese market so we're not blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, so certain things are you know, certain things are, are censored or are um, downplayed in, in movies and games and things like that. 
but I didn't know that it was it was directly because there was it's not just it's a big econ- economy it's it's literally there's a company that is yeah no um a few years ago uh there was a there wasn't like this wasn't like a huge stink or anything but there was a little bit of a hullabaloo because Riot Games had to change all uh all a bunch of splash arts for their skins in League of Legends they had to change any skin that depicted like a skull or a skeleton. I can't remember which one it is off the dome because it's been so long. But like mm-hmm. when Tencent, I, I, this was this um, was in according with a Tencent thing because China has a rule about skeletons or skulls or something or a law, not a rule. Wow. Yeah. So this is gonna be a bit of a long one. <laughs> uh, but uh, so this next topic is a little short one. I I have far less information about this because it is so recent. I believe it is. Uh, within the past couple of days, and I don't live in Chicago, but um, the Chicago's Teachers Union is striking, which fucking rules. Um, mm. they, they've been in negotiations with the state, uh, and they, they were offered a 16% raise of wages over five years, and they were like, no, fuck that. We're taking 15% in the next three years because with the way inflation is rising, 16% in five years is not remotely... It's going to be less than it, it is yeah. going to be more. It is going to be a higher number, but it's going to be worth less in five years. Right, uh, and also stuff about like class sizes, staffing available, and all that stuff. And don't really have much to say except for fuck yeah, go go teachers. Yeah. So I once again self care did not watch the Dem debates. I watched part of it. And then I felt like my brain was going to fall out of my head. So I've only got like a co- kind of cliffs notes. I am going to pull up a, a just a quick little infographic um, in the of a just who got the most speaking time at the Dem debates. And um, a, I, oh, I want to I want to guess. I want to guess. Okay. Who's um, number one? Yang. No, Elizabeth McGonagall. Uh, Warren. Oh, darn it. Okay. Second. Number two is um, um, uh, John Wickenlooper. No. I mean Hickenlooper. Uh, Hickenlooper dropped out a couple months ago, I think. Shit. <laughs> okay, then my guess is John Wickenlooper. It's not him either. He had to go assassinate someone. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Second place, Pete Buttigieg. No, but he's higher than I'd like. Is it Joe Biden who's it's, second? It's Joe Biden in second. Who could have thunk? Now, who do you think is number three? Okay, number three. I think... It is Kamala Harris because nope. she was given more time. No? No. Oh, is it Sanders? No. Oh, God, it's Pete. It's fucking Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot she was even in the race. Yeah, me neither. And, like, all, like, the a bunch of, like, takes I'm seeing coming out of this debate are just like, yeah, the centrist came out swinging tonight. Oh, my God. I saw something that was like, I don't care that she treats her staff like shit. Yep. Yeah. Politico.com posted that uh, opinion article. What a terrible opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to have you guess, but have you guess anymore because it's just a fucking crapshoot. But behind Klobuchar by nine seconds was Beto O'Rourke. And then behind him is, is Bernard himself, Mr. Sanders. Bernard. And then just for the sake of just for the sake of going down the rest of the list, behind that is uh, Mayor Pete, Kamala, Cory Booker, Yang, Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, and Tom Steyer, who is still in this fucking race for some reason. May I just offer a hearty <laughs> This is the first time I'm ever hearing the name Tom Steyer out loud. He's a, he's got a lot of money and he wants to be president. Okay. Apparently, that's what qualifies you to be president, so... I think think he's a billionaire. Um, The middle is pretty close, actually. Like, Klobuchar, O'Rourke, Sanders, and Mayor Pete are all within, like, 18... They're all, like, 13 minutes and change. Like, Amy is 13 minutes, 18 seconds, and Pete's at 13.01. And then Biden's up there at 16 minutes, 39 seconds. And Elizabeth Warren, who is the new media darling, I guess, dominated the conversation with almost 23 minutes of the entire night spent with her talking. Honestly, better her than Biden. I mean, better her than Biden, but that's also just so much fucking time. And the fact that Sanders is so low is, like, listen, I know I have my issues with Sanders I just, man. He should be higher up there. Yeah, he should. Anyways, but that's not really the important part. That's just numbers. But I'm just going to talk a little bit about a couple of the things that were spoken at this uh, debate. So uh, remember like last week or a week or two weeks ago when Harris, mm-hmm. uh, Kamala Harris introduced herself at the LGBTQ town hall by saying her pronouns? Uh-huh. Did she do that again at this debate? No. Interesting. Instead, she basically said uh, women's response in terms of 
in response to reproductive rights, she basically said, women are given the ability and responsibility to carry and give birth to children. And it's just such a weird, turfy talking point. And it's not only like, it's not only cis-sexist as fuck, it's also just sexist as fuck. Like yeah. painting, painting like the propagation of the species as some kind of obligation. And that was her way of, she like followed that up with like, and that's why I'm pro-choice. Right? Like, it it's, was just like, it's like your your sentences aren't written by the same person. It's extremely yeah. fucked. I'm not surprised. I am disappointed. Uh, uh, a bright note, though, uh, Julian Castro said that police violence is gun violence, which is extremely correct. And I hope that he, I, I genuinely hope that he gets the cabinet position that he, that he is angling for. I think he is great. Yeah, I'm so glad that he's up there saying real things. Yeah, I'm glad he's stuck it around this long, because, like, when I saw his name in the first, like, spew of, like, 30 people who were running for the candidacy, I was like, who is this guy? But he is, like, uh, he is, he came to, he came to fucking fight, he is saying some good shit, and I am, I don't want to say I'm excited, because I don't ever want to be excited for a politician. <laughs> I am cautiously optimistic. Yeah. It's it's funny. He is the candidate that we all thought that Mayor Pete was for the first 20 seconds of his campaign. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. It is. Um uh Cory uh <laughs> Carrie Booker's twin brother Cory is and and Kamala Harris are both hard on the please no fighting train. Which is, like, it, like Corey had, like, this fucking... I think this is, like, what made me turn this stream off, because I was just so mad about it. But Corey was just, at one point, like, if we fight each other here, we will never be able to defeat Trump. We need to come together and agree on things. God. Which is What's just, the like, primary for, then, Corey? Just pick a name out of a hat, dude. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's going for that, because that's the only chance he has of being the nominee. Listen, we all have to pull straws, and that's just how it's going to work. Please do not pay any attention to the fact that I am the one holding the straws. <laughs> <laughs> and the debate ended uh, with uh, no discussion of climate change whatsoever, mm -hmm. the climate crisis not addressed. But the debate nope. did end with a very uh, topical question about... The, the question was, so the question was basically, so Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres has been stirring up headlines with her friendship with president, with noted great guy, President George W. Bush. And then the question was basically, tell us about an unlikely friendship that you, a surprising friendship that you have, which it's just like, it's a fucking icebreaker question. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, so the importance of the Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, the story yeah. behind this oh. is... Ellen and and George W. went to a Cowboys game, um, which is a game where you play Cowboys. Yep. Uh, and uh, there uh, there was a picture that got out of the two of them sitting next to each other. And laughing. And, and laughing and having a nice time at a game like it's fine. Mm -hmm. And um, so she talked about it on her show and she's like, listen, you can't hate people just because they have different opinions from you. Yeah. Just because they did war crimes and proposed the Defense of Marriage Act, which is a constitutional amendment to ban same-sex marriage, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be extremely friendly with them and um, spend time with them on purpose. Yeah, like, I know money is thicker than blood is thicker than water, but like... Oh my god, yeah. It's so clearly... It's, it's just such a staggering betrayal of... I, 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 Not staggering, like, Ellen has been a neoliberal for as long as I can remember, but it's still just, like, so frustrating. Like, the the man was literally going to change the Constitution to make it so that you could not marry your beautiful, your beautiful, beautiful wife, Portia Dorothy. Portia, call me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's it's... He is a politician. It's not his beliefs. It's his actions. It's his, yeah. <laughs> it's not an opinion that he has that gay marriage is wrong. It's he set out to make it illegal. He created a war and sent people to it and then yep. didn't end it because yep. he liked it. Difference opinions. Difference opinions. Yeah. Anyways, um, Howard Stern was on her show... Uh, the other day, oh and he was like, "Hey, I bet if you make out with me, that'll get everyone to stop talking about the Bush photo." 
Which is the grossest Streisand effect ever. Yeah. Um, because the thing is that, like, the, the, the photo had been, the, the, the video, the, the, the video of Ellen doing that had been, like, edited, someone had edited it to, like, make it so that, like, her, her, like, backdrop was, like, just photographs mm-hmm. of torture and death from the, uh, from the, uh, from the Iraq War. From, and Abu Ghraib. Yes, thank you. Uh, and, and, and other places, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, that video has been DM has been uh, been being taken down because Ellen's team is sending out fake DMCA's, and Twitter mm-hmm. is just like, well, a blue check mark saying it's copyright, so time to take it down. Yep. Um, people have been reposting it though, so it's not really going to go away because stress, extreme stress and effects. So Howard Stern said that thing about, hey, if you kiss me, I bet everyone will forget, and then she was like, yeah, no, and then they like he kept pushing for it. Ugh. And eventually, Ugh. and eventually, she relented because there is a disgusting photo of Howard Stern kissing Ellen the Generous on the lips. <laughs> so terrible. You've written these notes, is but the baby chandelier though. I have no idea what this is. Oh yes, let me tell you about Ellen the Generosity. So there was a uh, a little piece talking about. Um, what it's like to be a rich baby or something. I don't remember what it is, but it was from 2006 and people found it recently of, of Melania and Donald Trump. And they're like, oh, this place is so elegant, including a golden baby stroller complete with its own mini chandelier. I'm sorry, you cut you cut out for a second because, and I, I'm sure that I heard you wrong because you certainly did not just say that there was a golden baby stroller with a mini chandelier inside of it. No, actually, that's exactly what I said. And the important part is that Ellen gave it to them. Ellen the Generous gave them a lovely gift of baby chandelier and stroller. Because the rich have class solidarity. Do you? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I do have class solidarity. That was for the listener. The amazing thing is that this is from 2006, so... She's been the generous for a while. (laughs) Yeah, she's been very generous for a long time. Back then, all Trump was was a racist TV reality real estate agent guy, real yep. estate mogul, whatever, uh, man. God, every time the rea- every time his reality show comes up, every time The Apprentice comes up, I feel like, I feel guilty for the current administration in some way, shape, or form because I loved that show when I was like 10 years old. No, it's reality television. It could have been a turnip in there. You still would have liked it. That's true. I did, however, buy The Apprentice quote-unquote, board game. Oh, my gosh. And, Wait, um, oh, because was that, like... That was not a pun on the boardroom. Um, there was no board. It was an electronic thing. So ba- I, I'm going to explain oh. this to you. You can you can Google it and just see what I'm talking about. But basically, it was this, like, little electronic thing that had, like, a, a uh, like a, like a card reader that you would swipe cards through. And you, mm-hmm. got, you got money cards, you got uh, contestant cards, and you got challenge cards. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, when you turned it on, Trump would like say, "This is the best board game I've ev- ever made," and then the entire thing would just be Trump narrating you through this game, and be like, it would be like, the, everyone would have like stats, like an RPG, and it, Trump would be like, "For this challenge, you have to sell golf clubs. Pick a contestant who you think would be really good at selling golf clubs." Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds so unfun, but. If you like The Apprentice, I guess. I need to tell you the saddest thing about this, me owning this. The fact, the saddest thing about this is not that I owned it, nor is it the fact that I asked for it for my birthday. The saddest thing about this is that none of my friends ever wanted to play with me, so I would just play by myself in my room alone with the game. Oh my god. I'm worried that that like, $35 purchase of that game is what really pushed Trump over the edge in 2016. <laughs> it's probably exactly what happened. Anyways, so... Bit of a downer. Yeah. Um, so Elijah Cummings, representative from Maryland, uh, passed away this morning um, in the middle of the night, I think. He was 68 and, yeah, died from from complications. So I was reading a, a little article about him today uh, that said that his parents were sharecroppers. Forgive my ignorance. What's a sharecropper? Sharecropping, it was a um, an economic little system. That was uh, created in um, the Restoration period after slavery was over, 
for former slaves who didn't have any money or land or anything. Right. This is the this is the uh, this is the basis of the uh, the the rallying cry of like uh, what we were owed and a plot of land. Yes. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't remember the. Ex- I, can't, I can't remember the exact. Forty acres and a mule. Yes, thank you. That's what it is. I'm, gl- I'm glad you. I'm glad you found your way to that with me saying s- money and a plot of land. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes. So, so, so sharecroppers were um, people that were not slaves, but were treated very not great, and they were uh, indebted to the people that um, owned the land that they worked on, such that they were they would never be able to pay them back with the the way that the system, the payment system was, was set up. I mean, basically sharecropping is, is what it sounds like where you mm-hmm. share part of your harvest because you're paying to work on a field basically. Yeah. So this was, this was in the, you know, post-Civil War South. Um, so the fact that, you know, 68 year old man, I, I don't think that it means his parents were former slaves, but they were still in that economic yeah system. Like that was, that much of a holdover. Yeah. Um, so it just like, it really shows, I mean, he was also, you know, he was a civil rights advocate in the sixties. It just re- like really stuck out to me how recent all of these moments in African-American history, like still are mm-hmm. that this man could be here now, like investigating our current president and like decrying him for being racist when he has seen <laughs> the modern history of racism in America. Does that make sense? Yeah, rest in power. Absolutely. Speaking of some rough news, um, I mean the 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 we're I don't think we're gonna get too deep into the weeds on the whole circumstance that led to this current Syria Turkey thing, but you know the mm-hmm. the bare bones is U.S. pulled troops out of Syria as a result. Uh, President Erdogan started rolling troops in and mm-hmm. is just killing the shit out of people. Yep. And this was extremely, like, hastily done. Yeah. And, so, and, dis- like, and a move that seems to be despised by all parties, given that the House approved a, revolu- a resolution against that earlier today mm-hmm. or yesterday. Uh, the, the resolution was approved 354 to 60. That so, is an amazing consensus. Yeah. yeah. So when, 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 when Dan Crenshaw and AOC are on, the same, are on the same side of a vote, there's something fucking going on. Yeah. 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 Um, this is something actually, too, that even Lindsey Graham is like, he's like, I'm starting to think that um, Trump isn't a good president. I'm starting yeah. to get an inclination that that might be true. And it's like, it had to be something. It's strange that it's this, but like, finally, there's a tipping point, I guess. Yeah. But in, t- in terms of this week's updates on that, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was a ceasefire uh, agreed to recently. Technically, yes. So, um Erdogan actually had uh, a press conference where he talked about it and he mm-hmm. said it isn't a ceasefire because a ceasefire has to have two legitimate parties. This is just us pausing our mass murder attacks. Yeah. So he is pausing. They are pausing, but they're not acknowledging the other side as a legitimate party, whatever that means. And also they're not acknowledging the other side as like fighting. So, I mean, I guess the ceasefire i guess that's some silver lining but in terms of other news from this week about it um so this happened shortly the the vote that uh, i previously mentioned in the house uh happened shortly before the uh a a meeting that trump had with the democratic leaders and um trump just went like full meltdown like i mean he's been in full meltdown for the last like three years he is he is slowly just like turning into ooze um <laughs> but uh even like at this at the point where where even like nancy pelosi recognizes it as a meltdown you know it's like getting you know it's like getting in the shits yeah when she is the like the most cautious politician of all time for no reason yeah even she sees the like political advantage of just acknowledging like hey uh he's really not doing well yeah um, he like he like started like just going fucking off the handle on her, calling her a third rate politician. Which I mean, broken clock. <laughs> um, and the White House's stance is uh, basically actually the president was epic, and Pelosi was the one who sucks. Yeah, he tweeted out a picture um, of the two of them where she's like got her finger out and she's like kind of pointing at him, and he's and she's like talking, and he's like either has his mouth open because he's a goon or because he was talking also. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, 
nervous Nancy has a total meltdown or whatever. Famously, famously nervous people standing up in the middle of a room where everyone else is sitting and pointing and talking very loudly based on the photo. Not to not to sound like I'm trying to lionize Nancy in any way, shape, or form. It's just ner- like he just like he just I genuinely think he just like thinks of all the words he knows that start with N. Well, he like this is probably the second in his list, but the first one he crossed out because she's white. <laughs> Oh, my God. Maybe. Yeah. Do you want to have a letter that Trump wrote to Erdogan? Oh, I just wanted to... Yes. But first, I wanted to just acknowledge that um, Nancy Pelosi made that picture her her Twitter header. Yeah. Which is just... It's just amazing. It's a... I... I not... Not... I hate to hate not on like a yes slay queen thing, but just in a like it's a pretty it's a pretty good I, listen. I pretty fucking funny game re- game recognized game. That's not a bad move. Like that's the first time, <laughs> that's the first praise I've I've given to Nancy Pelosi in the last year, and I think she's earned. I, she hasn't earned it really, but she I feel bad. Gets one <laughs> she gets one praise. <laughs> and you have not heard this yet, right? So I think part of it was spoiled for me, but not all of it. Okay, so here is the letter sent by our wet president to. President Erdogan, the president of Turkey. Is there a date on it? Uh, October 9th. So, okay. uh, sh- couple, like two or three days after the original uh, pulling out of troops. Okay. Um, dear Mr. President, let's, let's work out a good deal. You don't want to be responsible for slaughtering thousands of people, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying the Turkish economy, and I will. Oh I've, my god! I've already given you a little sample with respect to Pastor Bruns- Brunson, and I don't know what, what? that's a reference to. I have worked hard to solve some of your problems. Uh-huh. Don't let the world down. You can make a great deal. Mm-hmm. General Mazloum is willing to negotiate with you, and he is willing to make concessions that they would never have made in the past. Mm-hmm. I am confidentially enclosing a copy of his letter to me, just received. History will look upon you favorably if you get this done the right and humane way. It will look upon you forever as the devil if good things don't happen. Oh my God. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. I will call you later. Sincerely, Scribbles. Oh my god! That, that, that letter was being passed around for like an hour because like I like most of the newscasts, most of the news people who were posting that letter were just like, this is fake, right? Like this is, this is just like someone slipped up, right? This is like a joke someone's playing on us. And then they had to contact the White House and the White House was like, no, that's, that's the letter. No, that's the letter. Yeah, that's how an adult man uh, who's the head of a country talks to another adult man who's the head of a country. Oh my god! Does he know other words besides good deal? Like no. what like what does he this is the thing. Is he always says like I'm gonna get a good deal for the economy. I'm gonna get a good deal for coal miners. I'm gonna get a good deal, blah blah blah. He doesn't ever say what his goal is. Like he's it's not to get like, a good deal. What does that I mean? I don't know what part of that's confusing to you. A good deal is a good deal. Listen, Val, 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 if you were, Val, if you were a professional business person, uh-huh. like I'm not, uh-huh. you would understand. Oh yeah, okay. What a good deal is. Right, right, right. Neither of our, neither of our brain, neither of our business brains are big enough to compare to our wet presidents. Right. Yeah. He's just so good at making deals. Yeah. Um, he's so good at making deals by 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 uh, saying he will uphold his end of the bargain when the other when the uh, when the other party's end is completed, and then saying "Nah, J.K." at the end of it, mm-hmm. and just burying them in legal battles. President deals. It's astounding. I. I always think of the the tweet that's like, if he's so good at negotiating for things that he wants, yep. why doesn't he have? Why is his Twitter why real he- Donald Trump, and not? <laughs> why doesn't he have at Donald Trump? Yeah. So yeah, that's wow. That is a very unprofessional sounding letter. I don't know if it's yep. supposed to be stern or it's supposed to be like like is this a friendly letter written by I a have weird no man? No idea. I cannot I cannot discern tone from this because I mean I can't discern tone from ninety percent of the way Trump talks. Like unless he is unless he is explicitly yelling for like the death of fake news or whatever. Uh-huh. Like I can't tell his tone. Could- Speaking of which, by the way, y'all hear you hear about this video? I've heard about this video. A couple of days ago, New York Times surfaced this video uh, that was shown at his uh, Miami resort last week that was shown to his supporters. Um, and it is, uh, if you've seen the movie Kingsman, The Secret Service, it's that scene where um, Colin Firth uh, murders a bunch of people in the church. Mm-hmm. 
Except for the video has been edited so that Colin Firth's face has been replaced by Donald Trump, and every single person that he that he murders in that video is their faces are covered by either a news logo or a person that he doesn't like. Like I'm pretty sure he just blasts Nancy Pelosi in the first five in the first ten seconds. Wow. Um, there's like black there's like a Black Lives Matter person that the oh Trump that Trump epically shoots in this video. And it's genuinely terrifying. That's, yeah, that's awful. The thing about Kingsman is this: that movie is a satire of the genre. So that clip is supposed to be gratuitous violence. It is not supposed to be something that you see and are like, that seems normal. Like, that's the scene where everyone on Earth, like loses their ability to not want to murder. No, that's, sorry to correct, but that scene is actually just the test run of the science that makes everyone want to murder. Uh, in just that, like, a very limited test run in that church. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. The scene in question is, it's it's definitely gratuitous. It's definitely overly gratuitous on purpose, but the thing is that it's also an incredibly, like, well-composited action scene. Oh, yeah. And the, it, it's, it, it's, I, it's supposed to make you feel that way, because it's like, damn, that scene was really cool, but also, holy shit, that was a lot of murder. Yes, exactly. Which exactly. is exactly what the intended thing is because the like in the moment like it just makes you yeah, it just makes you angry and do epic murder shit. The the science. Right. Normal president. Very normal president. At the end he's got the like deal with it sunglasses on. I I, I watched the first 10 seconds and I was like I'm not watching any more of this. Oh yeah, no. I've just seen the screen cap of him with the deal, deal with it sunglasses. Yeah. You want to do another shout out about some fucking awful people? Mhm. So uh, you may remember last year there was that uh, Supreme Court case. I, I think it was a Supreme Court. No, it was not a Supreme Court case. It was a state court case uh, that basically said that there was a, a, a trans student who had like been fighting a legal battle in order to obtain the right to use the bathroom. Like I, I believe it was a trans, uh, a, a, like a 16-year-old trans man who, well, trans boy, I guess, um, who had been fighting for his right to use the men's restroom. And he won. And after that, this school district, uh, I believe it is uh, Pickens. Pickens County um, had, in the wake of this, had been like, yeah, we're going to do that too. Um, today, they decided, so we're getting a lot of death threats. We're going to rescind this and make them just use the, the, the single stall bathrooms that the faculty get access to. Once again, showing that cis people are the most dangerous people in bathrooms. Yeah. How? They're kids. I'd like to read this quote from uh, the, the superintendent, which is just the, this is after the, uh, there was like a, a school board meeting on the 14th. And uh, this is what superintendent Car Carlton Wilson says, the way some called names has been embarrassing and disappointing to me. And that's hard to get over. One of them said, quote, you know, situations like this brings out crazy people from both sides. And sometimes people die. That was one of the people who oh was giving God. speeches at the board meeting. Were they saying it like... I don't know. I don't know what the context in which they were saying it, but the thing is, the, the thing is that they, I'm pretty sure the, the, the situation, the, 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 what they're trying to say was that like, hey, we got to be careful about these trans kids or else we got to be careful about this or else someone's going to die. That's, that's so disingenuous. Like the only kids that are, are harmed in this kind of thing are the trans kids. And instead of opting to protect them, they are just going to, quote unquote, protect them by kowtowing to these fucking bigoted, cowardly pieces of dog shit who, God, they're kids. Let kids, like, why are we having this discussion? Let kids just fucking piss and shit in peace. I don't want to talk about kids going to the bathroom. I am so tired of having to talk about this. But I feel like every fucking month this comes up. Every single trans student in this entire fucking country, in the world, is braver than any US Marine who has ever walked this fucking planet. I say that without a shred of irony. If you are a trans kid in school, you are out there, you are a fucking hero. I respect you and I hope that this stops fucking happening because I can guarantee that every single trans kid is also tired of having to talk about when and where they can go take a piss. Yeah. What is more dehumanizing? Yeah. Another upsetting piece of news. And then we get to the funny cheese. So capitalism kills. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. PG&E, the um, electricity company. And gas. Right. Is that what the G stands for? Yeah. Yeah, it, it actually stands for it actually stands for uh, pussy getting. I can't think of e pussy getting and eating. There we go. There we go. Great. <laughs> um, no, but really, it's uh, gas and electricity. Um, yeah. P stands for pee pee poo poo. Pacific, probably. <laughs> I feel like mine was probably right. So. <laughs> 
they found that it was going to be more cost effective to shut off some people's electricity in a very major area. Um, it would be cheaper to do that than to make repairs. It, it was kind of like past the point of no return at the point that they made this decision. And like they, their, their, their excuse was like, "Oh, backs against a wall. Either we shut off the power, or we risk everything burning to the ground in another huge fire because of high winds." Just completely ignoring the fact that they had previously, they had done about uh, one third of the security checks and safety and safety related things that were required of them after last year's massive fire. So they're yeah, so they were just like, "Hey, nothing we can do. We got to turn all the power off." It is, it is the corporate. And large-scale version of lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part, yep. except it's capitalism, so it actually does. Um, yep. I'm getting a correction from Shaup in the chat that the very major area that is getting cut off is most of California. Yeah. Um, so the numbers that they were publishing, and they they said they, they said these numbers like they have no way to active accurately track these numbers, but they what they were saying was 800,000 customers. And an important language thing is that. Customers just refers to the number of accounts open. So say you mm -hmm. are a scumfuck landlord and mm -hmm. you have you own an apartment building and you have 50 tenants, let's just say right. all every everyone in there. That is one customer. 50 tenants mm -hmm. is one customer. So the, the the estimates were upwards of like around two million people going without power. And, you know, one hospital is one customer. One, you know, one university is one customer. Uh, one tech company is one customer. But that's fine because the tech companies actually have to stay online. All of them. Yeah, because they are not, they, because they can afford to be in a place where there is not a lot, that, where they have just been able to carve out a, like, tree-free area to, so that there's no danger of fire. Um, yeah. You want to talk about some fun news, though? Yes, I do. So... Did you hear that the president did a funny thing and, call, and called the president of Italy President Mozzarella? I heard that. Just kidding. Snopes.com, it's not true. To be clear, he did mispronounce the president's name, but it was just like a mispronunciation of the... Like, just like... The, he said like an O... He said like an O sound instead of an ah sound, and yeah. it, it did not... It was not mozzarella, but... I wish it was. Yeah. Pizza pasta put it in a box. Keep that shit away from my cock, though. <laughs> One thing that he did really say, though, is very important because um, Italians are white. Hashtag confirmed. Because uh -huh. he said, <clears throat> quote, the United States and Italy are bound together by a shared cultural and political heritage dating back thousands of years to ancient Rome, end quote. Yeah, so episode eighty-two of Citations Needed has a they talk they talk all about how the idea of this great Western civilization, these great you know monuments of history, are all like the, every time that comes up, that's a white nationalist talking point, a white nationalist dog whistle. So that's basically what this was. Yep. Yeah. No question. Yep. But we also bring up the President Mozzarella thing because we just wanted to like just there is so much shit happening like don't feed into the fake news narrative like the, like garfield you are not immune to propaganda voice you are not immune to fake news exactly it's just it's hard because you can't make this shit up most of the time but apparently you sometimes can yeah so i mean just just keep an eye out uh, just keep an eye on things like Check sources. Look for sources. If you see something that seems really inflammatory, if you see something that seems like really big, and you're not seeing the source attached to it, just exactly. do, a, do a bit digging. You want to just do a couple of last last couple of shoutouts? So this is something that just absolutely, I I am staggered every time a new story like this comes out. Next year's G7 will be held at Trump's Miami Golf Resort. Apparently. You can just enrich yourself by being president, and it's fine. They're paying him to host G7, but he's the it. What was it that you said? If you do a, emoluments uh, are legal if you do enough of them. Yeah, because yeah, there's just too many to keep track of. It's it, yeah. He could go to jail for any one of these things. He could go to jail for like forcing the army to get fuel up their shit at his resorts. He could go to jail for Pence staying at his Ireland hotel when he 
didn't need to and it was out of his way. He could go to jail for, like, I don't understand why he just keeps doing it. Like, his entire presidency is like, hashtag life hack. I mean, no one's stopping him. Yeah. He's only getting in trouble. He's only, he's literally only getting in trouble because of the Ukraine stuff. So he's just like, well, I guess I'm free to keep doing all of these other crimes. Right. He's just like, it's a dare at this point. It's not like he would, like, really be hindered that much. But, like, I, I don't know. You do not go out and rob a second bank when you are already being suspect. You are less likely to go out and rob a bank if you are already a suspect in a bank robbery. Right. Like, no, no, I can post bail. Yeah, I can post bail, uh, and that was my alter ego, Countess Bucci Flagrante. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another shout out. Uh, wait, actually, no. One more shout out because I just went to Twitter real quick just to see if, I, if I'm missing any breaking news that I would have otherwise missed. Uh, the, just this fun headline uh, from yahoonews.com. Trump appoints Illuminati self-help author Magus Incognito to federal election board. No. What? I can't believe you were able to make sense of that sentence because I've been staring at it and I cannot. Like, the rest of the article explains it better, but what the fuck? His last name is Incognito? No, his real name is George Mentz. Magus Incognito is his pen name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm less excited, but also the fact that he's hiring an Illuminati self-help author. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know that text that's like, Naruto-themed blowjob? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like I that. I was like, what is, what is Illuminati self-help? Dealer's choice. That's what it is. Anyways, uh, the last shout out that I want to talk about is The Blob. Meet The Blob. The Blob that you read about. The blob Meet The, the blob, blob. It's The Blob. Yep. The uh, the, Sienna, the Sienna headline, uh, Paris Zoo unveils unusual organism which can heal itself and has two 720 sexes. And, like the like every host on this podcast, it has no brain. Oh. Just kidding. We're all we all have very big brains. Mm-hmm. Mine is big like a chair and I'm sitting on it. Yeah. I'm I'm cur- I'm currently I actually recording this episode about 500 feet above my house cuz I'm flying a hot air balloon made out of my own gray matter. <laughs> Uh, the, the slime mold, uh, scient- uh, uh, I can't remember the, what the actual word is called, but the scientific word being Physerum polycephalum, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. 720 sexes. 720 sexes. <laughs> Sounds like my Friday night. <laughs> this is the future that liberals want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. Wow, that was a fucking episode. You want to get into the Lightbringers? Yes, I do. Um, my Lightbringer this week is gonna be... I've definitely recommended Death Note on the podcast already, so I don't think I can do that one again. Uh, I've been playing AI The Somnium Files, which is the new video game from, uh, Kotaro Uchikoshi, who has previously done the, uh, the Zero Escape series, 999, uh, Virtue's Last Reward, and Zero Time Dilemma, Hmm. and... I have, there's a major asterisk to this recommendation, which is that the puzzle in this game, unfortunately, fucking suck. <laughs> like, I think I've liked about Uchikoshi's games in the past is that, like, they do not have, like, the, the typical, like, problem of, like, adventure game logic, which is, like, you know, use quill pen on ladder to get, you know, <laughs> beans. Uh-huh. But, like, they, they, like, have, like, a, there's a logic to them. It's some, you know, varying levels of complexity, but it's mostly a logic. The thing is that this... The there is literally zero logic to the puzzles. You have to do trial and error, and also it is timed. So what? if you're gonna play this game, I really recommend just maybe look at a guide. But other than that, this story is incredible. I think the Amer- I think the English voice, the English dub cast has done a phenomenal job with all of these characters. I love like I genuinely love. I- I'm on the hook of another Kotaro Uchikoshi story, which. I like that's I'm not surprised by that like the the Zero Escape trilogy are like is like my favorite game trilogy of all time and two of those games are in my top 10 of all time mm. like top 10 games of all time um it's really really good uh there have been some genuine like laugh out loud moments um and it's just a really really good and uh, very intriguing murder story mm. murder most foul <laughs> A farmer went into uh, his farm and he shot a a lot of the animals and he didn't kill even a single pig, but he did murder most fowl. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. That is AI The Somnium Files. Uh, S-O-M-N-I-U-M. My Lightbringer is, um, not to be this person, but (laughs) 
I found a podcast about Trump, and it's I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, what is it? It is called Trump Inc., and it is all about... Trump's tattoos. The business of Trump being president, and what the heck he is doing with all of his money, and making money as president, and scamming, and thieving, and such. Um, the most recent episode is about how somebody found... Um, somebody was able to Freedom of Information Act find um a document that he had filed on one of his um real estate holdings to try and lower his real estate taxes and um compared that to document that he had written up in an attempt to get a loan so one one document showing how much the property is worth for tax reasons and then one for how profitable it is for like getting people to invest in him and the numbers are super different <laughs> um it's straight up fraud. It is extremely clear. Why is he still out and about? If you're rich, you can do infinite crime. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like the uh, podcast a lot though. It's it's easy to digest. It, all the episodes are like 30 minutes and it was Trump Inc. Trump Inc. Right. Okay. Cuz I made that cool that funny joke about his tattoos. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week's episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat, just a fact. Uh, if you want more of this bullshit, uh, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash HKIPGTD. Uh, we have bonus content there sometimes. We got pre-shows. We got post-shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's our most recent bonus thing? Is it, a, is it a, the podectomy? Our most recent thing is a pre- and post-show, yes. Called Pod X. Yeah, nice. There's a Storm of Swords Lightbringer. There's some pre shows. There's a Cut for Time about. Uh, there the most we did a Cut for Time about Evo a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty good content. You get that stuff for a dollar. Patreon.com/slash/hkipgtd. We're everywhere. Hkipgtd. Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all that stuff. Thank you to Reddit user Bisexual Punch Party for setting that entire thing up and maintaining our subreddit. If you would like to support us, like I like I previously said, Patreon.com/slash/hkipgtd. Uh, $1 a month gets you all that bonus content. $5 a month gets you special user stats in the Discord, and we also read your name at the end of the podcast. And uh, 10 bucks a month, you get an even more special user status, and you can listen along live like two of our patrons are now, and also get your name right on the podcast. So without further ado, thank you very much to, hmm, Burgermeister, Stephanie Ruff, Pregnant Seinfeld, David Besser, Alex Schaup, Six-Armed Sweater, Wine? Why isn't... I apologize. Bryce. A sexual fish tank. Ashinu. Alex Hoot. Maximilian Rower. Tufster McGee. Bryant. Nick Clarkson. Cadejo. Flo Siegel. Destry Hawk. Pierre the Disaster. The Tallest Jew. Michael Weems. Non-binary with left beef. Summergeist. Dijonese. Chaz Goblin. Paul Blart. Flesh Cart. And Ellen. The Anarcho. Lalandist. Woo! Thank you to the taxpayers for the use of their song Evil Men off the album Cold Hearted Town as our intro music. It's a fucking banger of a song, banger of an album. Um, and thank you to Noisebase.xyz for incubating this podcast and many others. Uh, it also inc- it also holds the other two podcasts that I do, Fear Baiting, which is the horror movie podcast. We are in the midst of Schlocktober right now. Get there. We are doing one missed call this week, and I am really excited to talk about that movie because it sucks shit. <laughs> uh, I also do the Wonder Yerks with uh, friends of the show, Seda and Blair, and we talk about Animorphs. And, um, yeah, if you want to find me elsewhere, you can check me out on Twitter, at uh, SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. I can also be found on Twitch, because I'm trying to stream again after taking, like, four months off from doing it. Uh, check me out there. I'm playing Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. It's a fun speed game. And I am Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at FlightCubB. The B, extra B's for Twitter. I'm on a couple um, Noise Space podcasts as well. I recently guested on City Girls Make Do. I've also been on Fear Baiting, but it was a while ago, so. Yeah, but you should come on again sometime soon, though. Hmm. Perhaps. I was wiggling my eyebrows, but you can see. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat. Just a fact. Memento Pokemore. Memento Pokemore. Pepperoni on the walls, cheesy on my pinky, and some salsa on my balls. 